millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cool Petum here. As always, and of course, we're here to chat all things Aston Villa Football Club with the latest result being a 1-0 loss to Manchester United at Old Trafford in the third round of the FA Cup on Monday evening. So, yeah, that happened. Uh, Lots to talk about here, and we'll try to get through it as quickly as possible because, of course, we have to look ahead and not look forward to playing them on Saturday again, where I'm sure the leg at Villa Park in the Premier League will be all no enjoyment, really, if that even makes sense. But nonetheless, let's get over to the fellas here, of course. So we'll go to Simon first. Simon, how's it going? I hate playing Man U. It's just so... I mean, to be fair, we shouldn't. no one should be surprised. With us beating them earlier on the season... I don't think, I think it's probably, what, another 10 years before we're allowed to beat them again. So, it's just, I hate them so much. <laughs> uh, you know what, we're, we're gluttons for pain, are we not? We, uh, we experience all kinds of forms and typically the one versus United is oh so typical and oh so bitter. But Danny Raz is here as well. He's back here. He's less busy now and he's uh, he owes his life to me now, now that he has a little bit more freedom. But now that he's not playing with his background, Danny, how's it going? Yo, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I was a little bit angry after the game. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit angry after the game. Let it out, Danny. Let it out. No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's Zen. It's all good. Um, it's one of those ones where look, I'm not going to blame officials or whatever, but like VAR, it's just sometimes, sometimes it just feels like it's ruining the game. Like I say that, but then again, it's not like, it's not like big teams didn't get favorable decisions before VAR anyway, but it's just like, again, why, why, why do we keep on being told that VAR is about clear and obvious errors when it's taken four minutes to find the reason to scrub off Villa's goal today? Where's the clear and obvious there? Um, Just, it's just frustrating. Sometimes it feels like things are being made up on the, on the go borderline they were last season when we had that goal given against us um you know playing against Manchester City uh sometimes there's just an absolute inconsistency in terms of what is and what isn't given um Konza went down in the box today you know with a nosebleed <laughs> nothing got given but yet we're told that the slightest amount of contact you know can you know can be reason for a penalty um, I don't know, man. It's just it's just depressing because it feels like Villa couldn't have done anything better today. You don't need you don't need hard luck against against a side like Manchester United at the top level of football. It's all about fine margins, um, and 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 those fine margins do decide games. But having said that, Villa need to stop um, stop being the victim and stop stop with the hard luck stories because it's yet another one. 
Yeah, it just it just never ends. And it's it's the theme of things when we think things are finally turning around and they just rear their ugly heads again. There's one tweet here that uh, I didn't put out. It has nothing to do with anyone here, of course, but um, at Doc3D put it out. And I thought this kind of summarized everything when I was scrolling through the timeline on Twitter after the game. Um, So check handball. Nope. Check outside. Nope. Double check if Watkins touches it. Slow it down. Nope. Let's take it back. Is Ramsey outside there? No, not involved. Wait, did he block off Cavani there? Yes, we have. We'll, we'll just go for that. I, I just feel like it's it, it's not even the fact of VAR, and I just feel like it's just the way the game's played now. It's you have to give everyone a fifth reassurance on things that used to take two seconds to figure it out. Like, where's the confidence to say, okay, I'm the referee, this is a goal, and not we're just going to have to review this until kingdom come. Like I shouldn't have enough time to go get a snack, go to the bathroom and also uh, refill my water bottle and get back. And there's still a VAR. And this not, this is nothing about slowing the momentum. It's just, it just feels like, and I don't want to get into conspiracy things or saying it's rigged and maybe, maybe I am, but regardless, it just, again, it feels like they're trying to put square things and round holes and to see what fits. And fittingly, it's against United. I just feel like, I don't know. I, I, I'm scarred forever thinking of things that go against us against them. But let's let's roll it back, guys. Let's get a little bit of order into this before I start ranting and we'll be all over the shop here. Let's go back to the goal initially. Of course, Scott McTominay scores in the eighth minute. A good header, a good cross, yada, yada, yada. But Simon, you have to say, very poor marking from Villa. Yeah, it was a really sloppy goal. I think, did it initially start with a corner that we took an age to try and clear and just didn't get it cleared properly? And I think the ball was sort of bouncing around on the edge of the box and there was an opportunity for someone to just go and stick their heads on it and get rid of it. And then once Fred gets out wide and whips it, and as you say, it is, from an attacking point of view, it's a decent ball in. But no one's going with Tom Lair at all. He's 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 gone in between um Conza and Mings completely untracked. So it's just it's just such a rubbish goal to give away, like a really frustrating one. As but to be fair, like at that point, so early in the game, you, you might think, oh, like this is gonna be, you know, a really long evening. We're, we're gonna struggle here. But we responded quite well, to be fair, I thought, but you can't go giving away cheap goals like that, especially away at Old Trafford when you know you're not going to get decisions going for you. you to, to give give a team like that a head start, you, you just you make it so much more difficult for yourself than you have to. Yeah, Daniel, I'll spin it a different way for you and see if you can make sense of what I'm going to say because I don't even know if I can make sense of it. But I feel like when you look at this result, you look at both results against all basically all results against Chelsea this season thus far. Uh, You can maybe even throw the city result in there as well. I don't even want to throw United in this top team category right now, because I think they're absolute crap, to be honest. And like, if this is the season to do the triple over them, this would have been the season to do that and to put that over them for a good little while. And then eventually probably lose to them for the foreseeable future after that. But it just feels like, again, it's another game where, we're lackadaisical in one moment. We show a little bit of panic and we're just, we're creating chances, but again, we're hesitant in when we should be shooting and when we shouldn't be shooting, we're shooting. It just, for me, it just seems like one of those things again, where 
there's chances, but we're not taking them. I'm I've been really disappointed with Watkins innings as of late. That's their job. You know, that's their job. I, I get the hard luck. I get that, you know, you need you need um chances to come to you and everything. And I get that sometimes chances are a bit difficult to take. But your strikers, you know, Danny Ings, we've paid 25 million for, and he's meant to be one of the best finishers in the league. He's been missing some real sitters recently. Ollie Watkins, like I have absolutely, like I don't. By the I by the way, for for all the hard work that Watkins does, and and he is a fantastic player, and and like you know, I really appreciate all the pressing he does. For for all of that hard work, I have absolutely zero confidence when he's through on goal, and I like I hate to say that because because it sounds it sounds really harsh, but this is where that next level is for Villa, where it's like. If we're supposed to go, if we're supposed to be, you know, taking things further, we've got to finish. Th- we've got to finish teams off. We've got to punish them. We can't be, you know, playing this hard luck story always. Oh, almost. It's like no, almost. We've got centre forwards on the pitch that should be burying chances, and and it's just not happening. And um, you know, like today, I get that. We, we had that goal disallowed, you know, that, that should have been in. But like the first half, we had chances that should have been buried. And that's the difference. Against Brentford, Brentford only needed two, you know, only needed two chances to finish us off. They only needed two chances. We work hard for the entire game, get nothing out of it. And the same thing seems to happen again today. Um, and I think the other thing is, it's it's those lackadaisical starts as well, which you know just allow teams to feel so um, feel so comfy. Like that's one thing that that I've been that I've been annoyed with, and I think that was one thing I was annoyed with a little bit um, a little bit you know against Chelsea and against Brentford. Today it was a little bit different. To be fair, Villa kept on knocking on the door. That's fine, but sometimes teams just get way too comfy against us. The first like twenty minutes or so, United were allowed to just ping the ball around. Greenwood and Rashford had so much space. Um, and 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 we, we we had a lot of shots on goal today, but there's something missing here, and I, and I don't know, I don't know what it is. But this is where when Gerard comes in and we're looking at Lucas Dean, brought in Coutinho. At the start of the season, we looked a lot. We looked at our eleven and we said, "Well, I don't really. We don't really know where the problem is, or where who you replace, who's allowed to be replaced." Now comes the point in Villa's journey where hard decisions need to be made. Some of those players that we've said are like top, top players and that we can't sell whatsoever are going to get replaced. We've got Cash, Konza, Mings and Target who you know, have been shown to be a very solid back four. But there's been a lot of mistakes creeping into our defence recently. Someone has to get replaced, you know. That's something that there there is a way for that to improve. Our midfield, we've got Dougie Louise, we've got John McGinn, we've got Jacob Ramsey, but yet still we're losing the ball in like silly areas. And why is that happening? And then you also look at our attack. We paid a lot of money for it. Got Watkins, Ings, Buendia, Bailey, but yet we're not getting the return that we should be to be getting in the top eight. So there's, there's 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 little bits and players here where like Gerard hopefully is going to recognize the issues I guess, um, but that lackadaisical lackadaisicalness as you say kind of thing, it, it has been creeping in recently and it's almost 
felt like the justification of not not having to perform so much against Chelsea has followed Villa into the last couple of games. Um, and yeah, like that's a that's a big thing to shake off. It's a hard thing to shake off. They just completely lost the momentum of when Gerard first came in. Yeah, hundred percent, Simon. I'll spin this one back to you, and I just kind of thought of it. So again, hopefully it makes sense. Um, when you go on social media, especially after this one, I noticed a lot of Villa fans in particular, of course, you're going to feel hard done by after what's kind of gone on. But for me, I kind of felt earlier on, we could have probably been two, three, one or three nil up, whatever. If that was one avoid that one chance was avoided from the United perspective, again, not finishing chances. Like we've kind of been talking about and what Danny just really discussed, but you'd also have to argue that how sloppy we were at times defensively, we could have been probably two or three nil down, couldn't we? Yeah, you know, it's uh, in that first half, did have like a couple of decent opportunities, I think, or they got themselves into areas where they, they could have done something with it. Uh, quite lucky that Marcus Rashford has just seemingly forgotten how to play football at the moment. But I think one of the reasons for it, and it's a point I was just going to pick uh, Danny up on, um, when you said that, you, that we kind of looked at the team at the start of the season, and like you look at it and think, well, there's where's the problem with that? I'd slightly disagree in that. I think the the problem was for me, and I think quite a few people was the lack of the defensive midfielder. I think that that was something in the summer. I think a lot of Villa fans were sort of looking at, and I, I think that's that's what is kind of maybe has got the defense maybe looking a bit iffy in the last few games, like you say. So I don't think there's really that protection in there. When, when you think when Gerard first came in those first few games, he had Nakamba there who played absolutely brilliantly in that role. And I think, it, especially for a team like in mid-table, it's so crucial that you've got that, especially if you're going to have your fullbacks going as high as we, we've got them doing. You need to have that screening there. And Douglas Wings, I really rate him as a player. I think he's a really good player. But... I don't think you can have him in that holding role, especially against the better teams, because I don't. It's just not his natural game. He, he's looked best for us, uh, certainly at the start of uh, Gerard's reign, when he was playing as more of a nice, and you had the camper in there. So I, I think that 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 does cause an issue, just not having that protection in the midfield. Because I think the last few weeks, uh, well, sort of last few games. I think going forwards, the midfields have kind of been all right. There's there's passages in games where they move the ball really nicely. But I keep going back to it. If you've not got that sort of player in there to protect, when you lose the ball, like the defence have got three or four people running at them and they're sort of exposed a bit. So I think that's a, I mean, that's a factor in maybe what's happened in the last few weeks where we've looked a bit more defensively suspect. And for me... That's the position we've got to address that this transfer window. If, so? if we have any ambition of a top 10 finish. Do you not think, though, it gets a little bit frustrating when, you know, we've got all these ball playing midfielders and like, yeah, I get it. You know, we, we shouldn't be getting caught. You know, defensive midfielder should be, would be there and would be helping out massively. But a lot of the time when we get attacked, it's because we have this absolute, like, um, what's the word? obsession right almost sort of like fetish almost for like for like wanting to play through as many where are you going here danny possible. no no just, just, like like this this thing about like just 
if if it almost like, it seems like our midfielders see three midfielders and go, you know what? Let me get a pass minute, you know, miraculously through three of them. And then we're making all these complicated passes. And this is where we end up getting caught on the break. And it's all these little simple things for me, which 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 really worry me, which make me think like top sides don't have that happen to them. So whether or not you've got a defensive midfielder, you start committing all your players forward. And we get broke on. I don't know. That's that's one that's that's been one of the major issues for me lately. I do agree with you though. We do need a DM. Ducky Ducky doesn't work there. Do you think it's a issue of accountability in terms of? And I mean, we're starting to see this with this window. Of course, Coutinho comes in. Uh, looks like Dean's coming in as well. So that would provide obviously cover for Target. Uh, Kane Kessler's obviously back from loan from Swindon. Um, so there's. Obviously, I wouldn't say as much competition for Matty Cash in the immediate future, but nonetheless, there's a little bit of pressure there. But do you think, again, it's accountability, especially if you look at, I'm not saying Dougie Louise is the reason why we lost this game or we've lost against Brentford or whatever, but it's there's no one behind him to challenge him and there's not that competition. And I felt like we were getting the best out of Dougie Louise because Nakamba was literally on the field to cover him for one, but there was that added pressure to go, you know what? Okay. You're not playing in the central defensive mid because Nikan was doing a better job. So you're going to be pushed a little bit further up. And then again, he has co- competition there with Ramsey McGinn, Sanson, et cetera, et cetera. I just feel like, again, we're kind of just throwing players out there. And I felt like that's kind of what happened at the tail end of last season where everyone knew they're going to get their start. They weren't really under pressure and it just, it just kind of fell into a little bit of a lull. Yeah, I think as well, like just for some for some odd reason in the last couple of games. I'm sure it's to do with like putting him in the in the in the shop window as well. Like Bertrand Traore and like El Ghazi have come on. Like and and they they, they haven't they haven't pushed anybody. Like Buendia's not not afraid that like El Ghazi's gonna come in and take his take his space. Do you know what I mean? And and like when you look at the midfield as well, like Sanson has kind of come in and he's he's done okay, but like Jacob Ramsey at the start of the season came and pushed all the midfielders to, to have to work a little bit harder. Like I can't for the life of me see why Carney Chukwamaker isn't isn't um isn't pushing 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 the rest of them to like you know get their game going. But it, it definitely feels the case with like Matty Target and it and you know this there was times at the start of the season where you were like, come on man, this guy is playing terribly. Like and he was. <laughs> He's, he's okay now. He's got better performances now. But at the start of the season, he was playing terribly. And we, we didn't really have anybody to, like, bring in ahead of him. Um, we do need those options. You know, we do need that Lucas Dean type player to come in and, you know, challenge. He won't challenge Matt Target. I think I think he'll probably take his place. You know, we, we do need another defensive midfielder to come in and be like, and, and take ownership of that role. And there is that accountability problem. There, they were, you know, there, there is that thing of Villa being passengers. I felt through the entire Chelsea game that they just kind of felt like, okay, it's fine, whatever. Gerard's not here. <laughs> the Brentford game, nobody stepped up and took that role. And um, this is where, like, this is why Greel. Like, I know I hate to bring it back, but you know, when when we go back to the whole Grealish issue. And why Villa weren't getting points without Greenish. It wasn't necessarily because the team didn't have talent, because they had talent whilst the dude was on the pitch, right? But as soon as he left, nobody wanted to, you know, take up that role of, of, of being the driver of the team. And there needs to be more of that. You know, there needs to be less of 
kind of holding the ball up when when we're in the when we're in the final third and being a little bit more direct, actually taking, um, you know, taking initiative. And and that's that's what hopefully, you know, these kinds of players, Coutinho, Dean, older players, like even Danny Ings in some degree. Um, hopefully that's what kind of brings it out of the side. And that's where the difficult decisions will be made. That's where when like one of our top players ends up leaving and being replaced by someone that Gerard's brought in, that's where it's going to happen. Um, because I don't think he's going to settle for it. And I'm glad he actually addressed it after the Brentford game too. I don't know if you noticed that as well, Simon. Like he really, he almost said something that was on the fans' minds, which you don't usually see with a with a manager. Like I think we've all been kind of noticing a few deteriorating performances. Yeah, he wasn't happy after that game, was he? And quite right as well. But I like that. That's what I want to hear. Like fans, fans aren't stupid. They know. You know, if you watch a performance like that Brentford one, for example, you don't want your manager to come out and try and claim, you know, oh, you know, it's not that bad. We'll, you know, we'll move on and get on. You want them to come out and not, not dig players out. Because I don't think he did that, but like send them a message that, you know, when, I'm not going to accept this. He hasn't come to Villa to, from to be mediocre, as a like he, he mm. just he wouldn't have done that. He he wants to get us back up into sort of like top top end of the table and you know if you look at the obviously Coutinho coming in and some of the other players that, that we've been linked with that's great and like you kind of I've seen like some stuff on Twitter saying like I saw uh, one tweet earlier today saying oh, I've got to feel sorry for Matt Target so, well no like you need to have good competition in, in yeah. the squads you, you need to have like, I mean look at the bench tonight and against Brentford it's it's loads of academy players on there you need to have a strong bench if you want to to get yourselves uh, into that top end of the table like, I really don't get uh, like some bit of fans when a few uh, the other week they're on about Watkins and Ings because they don't work together so you've got to I personally I think you need to start one or the other but then I like seeing some stuff saying oh well Danny Ings is just not working out we should move him on no you need to have a squad of options. Yeah, of course I, you do. It's the thing. Like, it's not. It's not like all or nothing with Danny Ings. Like he can be on the bench whilst Watkins starts. Like, yeah, you know, if Watkins wants to start, then tough luck. Come on for ten minutes at the end and score a bloody goal. <laughs> like, well, that's that's I, how it, that's how it works. I mean, I, I think with Coutinho coming in, surely that's got to mean one of them will be on the bench because you'd imagine it'll be Coutinho and Buendia as the two tens behind one of them. They have to be. And also Bundesliga wonder kid, uh, you know, Bailey, he's going to be coming back as well. Like people forget about <laughs> Forgotten this. about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this is where like your Trezeguets and your Bertrand Traores, who, you know, have had sad stories. Like they, 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 I'm not going to say they're not hard workers because they are hard workers, but it hasn't quite come off for them at Villa. And that's where players like that are going to have to get moved on. And we need to replace that kind of a squad player with a Danny Ings kind of squad player. Like that's how, yeah. you, that's how you, that's how you break the top eight, the top six. You can't, you can't have 11 top eight players or 11 top six players and then like another. 12 or 13, you know, bottom half probably would get relegated if all 11 of them started type players. Do you know what I mean? 
yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think Traore will probably still be around because so I, I think he's a pretty decent player. But Trezeguet and El Ghazi, you'd have to imagine, won't be at Villa beyond this summer. When when uh, El Ghazi took that shot today and it went like, I don't even know what planet it hit, but it's still up there somewhere floating. And I just thought that'll probably be the last time we see him. I wouldn't be shocked. It's just, yeah. It's unfortunate, but at the same time, again, it's evolving. Like, I appreciate everything he's done. I said, I think I said this on the last podcast. I think Trezeguet would have been gone if he wasn't injured in the summer, last summer, to be honest. Um, but again, like you guys have mentioned with the likes of Bailey, and of course, if Triori comes back and he's not injured for another eternity, we have opportunities to play different systems. We have that flexibility and we've been going on about that too. Not only the depth, but the flexibility too. So it'll be so interesting to see how he plays with Watkins and Ings and Bailey and Buendia. I mean, let's be honest. When's the last time we had attacking options like that? No, exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. There's talent there. So there's no excuse to just be missing clear cut chances game after game. That needs to stop. They need to cut that out. And it's not easy to cut out because there's nothing that you can teach in, in training that cuts that out. <laughs> yeah, true. That's the issue. Well, let's switch it this way, guys. Instead of going on and on about the VAR controversy, because to be honest, I don't know if you guys even want to really talk about it. I feel like every other podcast, every other content creator, whether you're a fan or you work for a company that does it, that's all it's going to be discussed. But the one thing I do want to bring up now is what do we think tactically lineup wise will change between this evening and on of course Monday I should say because it's going on on Tuesday and on Saturday Coutinho will be in I'd like to think I'd like to think he comes straight in do you think he'll start or has he is he fit enough to start so I don't, I don't I'm not sure how many minutes he's really played at Barcelona this season yeah I don't, I don't know but at the same time like I don't think there's been anybody that's been able to hold their space. We started with, didn't we start with like Trezeguet and Traore a couple of games ago? No, it wasn't Trezeguet and Traore. We started with, started with Traore against uh, Brentford and then took him off the Trezeguet. Yeah, yeah very I on mean, that. I, you know, they're, they're both in AFCON. You know, I don't want to see Watkins and Ings both start. So for me, I'd go Buendia, Coutinho and Watkins. I'd yeah, like to see I, that. Don't, I, I, I don't think Coutinho would, probably be able to see 90 minutes but I'd, yeah definitely start with him at least try and get an hour out of them yeah like what i'm seeing right now i'm just looking at a, a stats website here um and for coutinho i don't know if this is exact but it said he's it says he's played 501 minutes in la liga so over 12 games two goals in those 12 games in that with one uh yellow card He's played 107 minutes in the Champions League across four games, of course, with no points. So 608 minutes um, this season across 16 games. Um, I'm scared to start him a little bit because I think Leon Bailey has forever just terrified me of new, exciting signings coming in, doing well for about 20 minutes and then getting injured. But hopefully that's just Leon Bailey and we can actually have nice things for the rest of the season. But uh, I mean... Simon, where do you sit with it in the midfield here? And I feel like this is, for me, this is where it's going to be won or lost on Saturday in particular. And I say that because how do you really change it up? I mean, McGinn's going to be out, of course, because of uh, accumulation of yellows. 
Dougie Louise is going to be in there because we don't have any <laughs> other defensive midfield options. And you're going to assume it's going to be Ramsey. So do you throw Sanson in there? Does he somehow put Coutinho as a central midfielder instead? And we keep Watkins and Ings up front? Because to be honest, I wouldn't be shocked if he did that. Oh, I would be. I'd be surprised if, if he did that. I'd, I'd suspect uh, it'll be Sanson that will come in from the game. So I, I thought Sanson actually did reasonably well against Chelsea. It, it was Chelsea, wasn't it? Uh, when yeah, he started. Yeah, yeah. 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 In the yeah so I, 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 could see, I could see him coming in for that. Because to be fair, like today, especially that second half, it was pretty much all Villa. So that, you know, that United midfield isn't something to be too scared about, really. It's just, it's like Danny says, it's the reason we lost today. Obviously, the VAR thing didn't help, but we lost because we didn't put away the good number of chances that we created. And some of them, especially that Watkins one in the first half, we hit the bar, were very good. So that's that's the real issue. It, like that, that United midfield is it's not, it's not a good midfield to me. That's an average no. mid-table midfield. So I don't, obviously, McGinn will be a loss because he's, you know, a very good player. But Sanson has this season, the, the appearances that he has shown, shown himself to be a capable player. Got Chuck and Maker as well. He, you never know. He might, he might chuck him in there. Um, unlikely, I think. But doesn't get yeah, game I, time I, for some reason. Last two games, even though we've been rubbish. So. Yeah, I, I thought. Well, especially that Brentford game to, to put Trezeguet on for Traore instead of Chuck and Maker was uh, that was that was still a angry. one. I was still angry, but it can just <laughs> it, it means I can justify my opinion now that like he just needs to leave. In Trezeguet, yeah. I, I've never rated him. I, I love his work, right? He's a hard worker, fair play to him, but he's, he's for me, he's not a Premier League footballer. Oh, thanks for keeping us up, but you can go now, basically. <laughs> 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 he was good for about a three game, four game span, and that's really what I, well, I guess, and of course, the semi final goal against Leicester, um, I guess, I think, would be of note. But I think the way you've got to think about it is would we sign Trezegate now? Oh, hell like, no. Yeah. You know, this is this is it, you know. When you look at when you look at the the kind of signings that we make, like would you sign him now? Probably not. Yeah. Um, and and rather much rather like options like Chukwu Maker come in and that kind of thing. But look against United, I wouldn't change much. Like actually, you know what we talk about how Watkins and Ings doesn't work. I actually thought Watkins was pretty was pretty handy on the right hand side today. It was just there was a few things where like and it's and it's uh, the entire team's doing it. But it's just like holding on to the ball a little bit too long, not not being direct enough with it, like, you know, trying to wait for the perfect opportunity and letting the Manchester United defence mm. come all the way back. Like, there's no formation, there's no positional issue, there's no strategy issue that stops Watkins and Ings from finishing chances that they should be finishing. Like, just because Watkins is playing on the right wing doesn't mean you shouldn't be putting away that chance. Mm. Well, I actually don't I... think it was terrible today, like... If Gerard puts out the entire entirely same team, switches Sanson out from again, I won't be mad. Yeah, I, I, I think with, with, with Watkins, to what you were saying there, I think he's one of those players that when he has time to think, that's when he struggles. Like, mm. Not that I'm saying that he's like a bad footballer or not a clever footballer, because I, I think he is like, he, you know, he's not like a, he's not like someone like Gabby who, just didn't have a football brain. He was just all paced. But like Watkins, I think he's he's an instinctive type of player. You look at the, the goals that he scores for us, the majority of them are 
sort of one touch finishes or he yeah. only takes maybe two touches when when he's so when he hit when he slows himself down and starts sinking I think he sort of panics in a bit because he he always looks when he gets into those positions that he's in two minds of a of whether to shoot or try and find someone when he's just sort of not thinking and just going for goal that that's when he's at his best and that's that's where that's where actually I know switching it almost right the other the third man in that attack Buendia, that's where I've been impressed with him. And that's where I have zero problems with that guy. Like, he hasn't been coming off with him and he hasn't been getting the assists, actually, because I don't think the players around him have been playing to his level. I think Buendia, like, he seems he seems to have that intensity and that quick that quick mind of like, yeah, we've got to do it. We've got to do this. He's, he seems to be the guy that, that, that has that. And I hope Coutinho coming in means that he's got another play, another player on his level for, for us to kind of penetrate defences like that because, you know, there's a little bit too much of that from Watkins, a little bit too much of that kind of holding it up and and even from Ings as well. Like, you don't want him trying to find his way through, like, two defenders. You want him on, You want him in the box receiving, you know, quality mm. quality balls from players like, like Buendia and Coutinho. <laughs> Like like his his uh, goal against Brentford, yeah. that's that's what you want from Danny Ings, and I, I agree. I think Tino coming in will just enhance Brentford even more. Because I, I I've been impressive. I, I thought the start of the season he got quite a bit of unfair stick because he was Same. rarely playing in his in his actual favourite position. Yeah. Since Gerrard's come in and he has been, he's yeah. I, I think he's a really good player. He does lose the ball from time to time, but I don't mind that because he's trying to make things happen. Yeah. Like you, you can you can always play like a safe ball backwards or to the sides, and then your passing stats look great. But it's it's pointless. That's not what he's there to do. He's there to try and turn and play those three balls. And we end up in that same position anyway. That that's that's where Villa need to start make, taking advantage of the stats a bit more. You know, I'd rather Buendia tries to go and dribble through, you know, Varane and and, and get and get tackled, than us pulling the ball all the way back. Having Douglas Louise and Jacob Ramsey run into each other, and and letting United break on the counter like what happened today, <laughs> so and that that happens a little bit too much for us, I think. Yeah, we're good for both, really. But uh, if I'm gonna, I'll throw it back at you, Danny, for this one, and then Simon, if you want to have your say too. So in a in this world here, let's say that Coutinho can play for let's say one half, so 45 minutes. Do you start him? Who do you start up top, Watkins or Ings? And of course, you're going to assume Buendia is probably going to be on the right. But what kind of decisions do you make on those two positions in terms of who plays kind of out on the left and who plays up in the middle? Um, this might be controversial, but I think I play Ings if we're playing Coutinho and and Buendia, just because I feel like we'd be looking for the for the killer ball almost, or like you know that that killer through ball. And I don't think, you know, necessarily Watkins is going to get that space to stretch United. You know, it might well have to be a case of us of us finding that right pass. And because of that, when it comes to a one-on-one finish, I kind of trust Ings a little bit more. Um, and that's not to say that I feel like Ings is our best striker. I still think Watkins is our number one guy. But I think against United, I play Watkins if we're going to play with Coutinho and Buendia. And I, I would absolutely start with Coutinho. You can always bring on a fresh pair of legs later on. Fair enough. Simon, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'd definitely start Coutinho uh, for the reason Danny just said there. You can bring someone on late if you need to. But I, I'd go Watkins. 
rather than Ings. I get the point that you probably trust Ings to finish off the limited chances a bit more. But I just think Watkins presses a bit better. Not that Ings doesn't press. Like Ings is pretty good at that. But Watkins just got that bit more energy and pace about him. And I think United's defence isn't that great. And so I think if you, if you, you're pressing at them and putting them under pressure... They're likely to make mistakes. I mean, you That's look true. at the one Lindelof made in the first half today, which Watkins should have finished. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably start with Watkins. I think, and they made plenty of they made plenty of mistakes, Simon. And you're right; like Watkins did press press them quite hard today. They did have a bit of a torrid time, didn't they? Like, yeah, passing well, their own half. They're they're not great. Like Marvin Varane is is a you know very good player. Look, just look what he's done in his career. But Lindelof, I mean, how he's still at Man United is it? I really don't understand that. He's one of those started Phil Jones. I wouldn't take him to Villa. <laughs> like that's the thing. I like I wouldn't take Lindelof to Villa. Lindelof, he's been there. I think five or six years. If I walk past him in the street, I, I wouldn't recognise him. That's how little impact he's made in his time there. That's a statement and a half. But uh, anyways, guys, let's go over to the Twitter three word reviews. Um, didn't think we'd get um, over, I think, 160 is what we have so far. Um, so thanks to everyone, of course, that got involved. You can tweet us at 7500 to Holt in the future to have your say. So I'll read out um, a few here as quickly as I can so we don't take too much time on this. We'll start with Tim Warwood uh, saying done by VAR. Um, let's see here. Let's go to that's Pete. five words. That's actually cheating. <laughs> Done by video assistant referee. I don't. I don't think I should be allowed. Okay, you're being a real var right now, Danny. That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> Pete says, "Man, you referee." Um, Carl O'Neill or O'Neill, sorry, sorry, Carl uh, says, "Robbed firing blinks." Ben says, "Time for Saturday." David Kitt, they can't score. Uh, Declan Pierce. What the fuck? I, I think that's <laughs> if I could put a title as that and not get flagged, I definitely would. Uh, Capital Villains, um, Oliver is awful. Dave King uh, mugged at VAR point. Um, okay, I kind of get that, but anyways, uh, moving on. Continuous season, big six bias, uh, bias, I should say, and we'll read out three more. Andy Lane, not good enough. Uh, Zwitter. Um, saying agent VAR strikes and we'll finish with let's just scroll all the way down here so I can actually like say that I went all the way down here because there's so many uh, John C corruption ruining football so um, a lot of people hating on VAR VAR or whatever you want to say is that, is that another is that another four word review no that's yeah, three corruption, corruption ruining, is football. ruining football no corruption ruining football all right okay yeah, don't don't throw the 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 extra word in there, Danny, to throw me off in my game. I already get thrown off when I'm reading these, and I can't see your guys' faces probably laughing at me trying to mispronounce names. But regardless, um, Danny, you know what? You put me under pressure. I'm going to put you under pressure. Three word summary, please. Uh, okay, I will go with thought as much. Okay, Simon, how about you? Fucking Man United. <laughs> like, I, I know we didn't really want to talk about it too much. But that VAR one, just the point on it, after the game on uh, the, uh, the BBC, they were, they were giving the reason why it was disallowed. So they were saying, see, Ramsey was in an offside position. And you, if you impede the players, obviously, Cavani, uh, that you, the goal would be disallowed. But that's only if you stop Cavani being able to get to the ball which he was never going to do. So. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. 
shouldn't have been disallowed. This happens, isn't it? This happens way too often. Where like I don't understand how. Here we go. Rants, rants here, right? <laughs> we've had this. We've had this stuff before. We're like we find out. Oh, actually, that's not in the rule book. You know, I can't. I can't remember the last one, but it already it already happened like earlier this season, right? And whether it was Villa or whether it was anyone else, I can't remember. There was definitely the one last season with Villa and City, yeah, where like. They changed the rule afterwards. Like, okay, so today, today, you spend three and a half minutes in the VAR room yeah. finding an issue, and yet it's still against the rule book. Like, what, like what, what, what on earth is that? Why have you taken three and a half minutes to find that? And furthermore, just... why have you got qualified referees making a mistake? I like, and and I don't want to like referees get enough abuse. This should not be an excuse to send to send abuse to referees, but VAR is an absolute mess, and it's being proven to be a mess over and over. Um, and something needs to change to to get it perfect. I understand teething problems, but it's been a few years now, um, so this See, should not be happening. Three and a half minutes is not a clear and obvious error. This is the thing: it's not VAR itself. The technology isn't the problem. It's, it's the way our referees are trying to use and interpret it. When you think the World Cup in Russia, I think it was the first proper uh, tournament that was used in. I don't remember any real problems with it. In the Euros in the summer, it's great it seems to work fine. Everywhere in Europe manages to do it, right? It's just the standard of refereeing, you know, I think, in, in England is, is really, really bad. And the way they're interpreting some of these rules is, is just ridiculous. Yes. Do you know there's an issue though where like we're not getting referees coming through because we're not getting enough referees coming through because like people are scared of scared of the abuse man that's really part of the UK them. culture I know this is like a whole different conversation <laughs> yeah almost, but like there's the, there is that UK culture where like you know when you know in like grassroots football you oh. get like kids parents out there like swearing at the referee and like a lot of them are like kids themselves <laughs> like that's hey, where she- the issue is is, it is, to be fair, it is bad. I mean, I've played Sunday League for years and, like, some of the abuse that you see some referees get, yeah, you're right. You do wonder why they would bother doing it. But still, having said that, the referees that we do have, they're paid, you know, a decent wedge to referee. It's their job. They should be half good at it. Bring back Uriah Rennie, man. <laughs> bring back the legends of the game. <laughs> oh god well you have to roll back time there but the one thing that got me and i don't want to make this a talking point because i think we've been going on for more than long enough and we'll wrap things up here in a moment as i just dropped the phone on my phone on my foot um how do you have var only in some games obviously for the premier league clubs and obviously there's loads of games going on that don't have it because they're not in the lower divisions like surely you just a race at all for that competition it just makes no sense yeah it's a joke it is a joke it's not a fair competition then that you know every, not everyone's playing by the same rules so I, I i really don't understand that and also the two clubs have to pay nine and a half thousand each uh, to have the var on these fa cup games so man really? U must have yeah 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 i found that out today so united must have tipped very nicely Earlier on this, this this morning. No, it's not fair. It's not no, fair. they they uh, left they left a yeah. lovely basket in that room. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm 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 not one of these who thinks there's a conspiracy or anything like that. But having said that, I don't think it, uh, it would have been disallowed at the other end today. 
we've oh. had bad luck with it against United, haven't we? We really have. Um, to put it mildly, it's going to continue. Let's be honest. <laughs> just, oh, yes, Saturday's going to Saturday's just going to be awful. <laughs> I just, I just hope, I just hope we win on Monday via failed goal line technology on Monday. Yeah, I hope the beeper goes off when the ball's like nowhere near over the line. That's what I want to happen. Yeah, we're playing on Monday too, Danny. Is it Monday? It's Saturday. So, Saturday. <laughs> oh, it's Saturday. Okay. Uh, Do you know what? It's because of you, Cole. It's because you said Monday earlier. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you did say Monday earlier, so uh, I'm going to. Well, as um, uh, what's that girl's name? Um, is Which it one? Oh, well, well, White. Rachel White. This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's her? What's her first name? Something Black. Rebecca Black. Uh, Rebecca Black. Black. I almost called her Alicia Black. Well, at least the game's not on Friday. But anyways, I'm not keeping that in because that was absolutely terrible. But uh, you gotta keep that in. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe I will. I'm probably too lazy to edit this, to be honest, because I still have to do player ratings after this too. So let's wrap things up there, guys. We've been going for more than long enough, and I'm sure I have quite the edit ahead of me, mainly because of my own mistakes. But nonetheless, good chatting with you. Both, thank you very much to Simon and Danny for joining me this evening. We'll be back um, hopefully on uh, the Monday. You'll hear us next or the following Monday after Saturday's hopefully positive result against United. Let's let's have a few more good vibes um, against United this season, or at least I want to see Villa do well at Villa Park against United. I don't think I've seen that yet in my time supporting the club, but we'll wrap it up there. Of course, tweet the team at 7500 to Holt. Email the podcast, Holtcast at gmail.com leave a review and a positive rating wherever you find this pod we'll leave it there and don't forget up the villa Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.